Hello and welcome back to the CX Spotlight podcast and our many serious conversations in isolation. In today's conversation, I talk with Gillian Stapleton, who's the CEO of Direct Selling Australia, the industry body that represents direct selling companies in Australia. In case you don't know about the direct selling industry, it's a retail channel that supplies products direct to consumers and attracts over 400,000 entrepreneurs in Australia. I've really been looking forward to this conversation to understand how COVID-19 has impacted the direct selling business model and, and what the future looks like for DSA's members. So we talk about how Jill is guiding the association and the industry through the current pandemic and into a new phase of growth, as well as her passion for running marathons. Jill's completed 11 marathons in 10 years, which is astonishing, including the now famous 2013 Boston Marathon. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Jill. Hi, Jill. Real pleasure to have you here on the podcast today. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Beautiful sunny day here on the South Coast. It's a beautiful day. Really kind of feels like summer has arrived. Sun is shining. And so where does the pod find you today? The pod finds me down on far New South Wales coast, right down uh, just past Batemans Bay. Love it down there. Uh, One of my favourite destinations is Tanja Lagoon near Tanja. Really nice. A very nice glamping setup. So they've got five. It feels like like you're on a safari. If you've ever been on safari in southern Africa, it's set up a bit like that. So it's very kind of glamorous, tenting. So you get proper showers on suite, nice little kitchen and a safari style. And it's right by a lagoon with, with canoes that just take you up to the ocean. Kangaroos well, everywhere. <laughs> I'm going, I've got, well, I've got kangaroos everywhere, I have to say. Yeah, it's the paradise down here in my backyard. We, we keep quiet about it because it's a beautiful part of paradise. We love it down here. So. Um, and and yeah, it's obviously been a, been a tough year. You know, you had prior to you know the, the pandemic, you had bushfires. It kind of feels like fairly relentless. Since New Year's Eve, my year started New Year's Eve. We're we're located just behind Mogo Zoo, and most people mm-hmm. would know about Mogo. So I'd say yeah. my property is about five k's from Mogo. So yeah, our year started early with a yeah a whole month of bushfires and evacuations and all sorts of drama that I was very ill prepared for, having just moved here. I felt we got through it in the end of January and then COVID hit. So it seems to be, yeah. But, you know, these things, there's a silver lining. When I left the South Coast at the end of January, I was saying to my husband, I think we've made the wrong decision. I think we need to move back to Sydney. And now I'm like, oh, I think we made the right decision. I think we need to stay away from (laughs) Sydney. So talk about mindset shifts this year. It's been incredible. It's really changed from one one perspective to the other. So, you know, thinking about, you know, just how you've got through the pandemic, what have you, you know, what have you learned? What's what's the experience been like um, for you you personally and, and for your team? Yeah, it's it's been an incredible experience. I never, if you'd have asked me, well, any of us as leaders asked us early in the year, both direct selling as an industry and personally, we've all had to rise to different challenges and managing a team remotely is not something I'm, you know, any of us I think were prepared for, but, you know, all credit to my team. I've learned a lot about working flexibly, managing a team remotely, trusting people, making sure mm. you've got the right people in the right roles, because ultimately it is about trust. Flexibility is just another word for trust. You have to know that your teams are going to, and they've risen to the occasion. They've been incredible. And I think I would certainly say my team have been more productive this year than ever. We feel like we've been a bit on a pandemic productivity challenge this year. It's, it's, um, it's good. We've, we've risen to the challenge and um, all credit to personally my team. We've been amazing. And having the whole team working remotely from 
you know, from previously, you know, you were, uh, you know, been to your offices, you know, you've got a good tight knit team and uh, how have you just kept the team together? And that's part of direct selling, I suppose, relationships, which is what we do. We have a team call every morning. We check in at 9.30 and sometimes it's five minutes and we're having coffee and cake or chatting about what you did last night. I've kept connected with the good old-fashioned handwritten notes and occasional gifts in the mail to them. I was a bit of a home baker, so they used to get home-baked cakes brought into the office. Yeah. And so I've had to send them remotely. So just little things that you know people appreciate. And sometimes it's just a random act of kindness to... Yes. And touching in with people, making sure everybody's okay, you know, giving time on a Zoom call for the chit chat and the water cooler type conversation. Exactly. And I think that's, you know, it's, it's, it is making the time. It is just giving people that space and room just to express and say what's on their mind. Yeah. And, how they're feeling, how they're responding, because every day has been different. It is very different, isn't it? That's the thing. It's, it's, it, it is, you know, how you, how you were this week versus how things went last week, you know, something new can crop up. It's, mm. there's always that unexpected. Obviously we've had, you know, that second lockdown in, in Melbourne, for example, and, and you know, from, it, it does seem, I think for those people who are based in Melbourne, that's been really tough. I think it's been tough. It's been more than tough for them. I talked to colleagues and, you know, a good friend of mine in Melbourne and reaching out to them. And um, the first time, I suppose we were all in it together and now they feel like they're on their mm. own down there. So I think, you know, for us, it's been really important checking in with members in Melbourne because it's a very different uh, experience for them right now. Hopefully today, as we record, you know, numbers are down. So it's it's looking good. But so we've got everything crossed for those people. But yeah, I really do feel for them down there. I think it's a tough time. Has that made them more resilient down there? That's hard for me to say. I don't know that it has. It's hardened people. It's They feel like nobody else understands. And I don't know that that's resilience. I mean, they've had to be resilient to get through. Mm. So yes, maybe they have, but I think they're going to come out of COVID with a very different experience to you and I based in New South Wales and people listening in Queensland. Um, and I think it's going to take them longer, much longer. Yeah. What's working for you in particular? You know, what are you doing outside? You know, how do you get over things like Zoom fatigue? How do you maintain <laughs> your focus? Uh, everybody knows me well and for me it's about exercise I'm a uh, I was addicted to exercise before and I think now my commute I realized one day my commute to work uh, used to be walking to the bus stop jumping on the bus walking to the office so I'd easily get in two three k's walking a day and I I remember one night checking my watch and thinking I haven't even done a thousand steps today because I've walked from the bedroom to the kitchen to my (laughs) home office so for me it's about running about getting out as I say I'm down on the south coast so I've got beautiful walks I'm very lucky um running has been my mainstay for me it's always been important to me but for the last six months it's become even more important just to be able to you know you've been on three or four zooms and you suddenly you feel completely brain dead so I pop on my shoes and go for a run I don't have to worry about scheduling don't have to worry about covid um so yeah that's been for me and yoga I'm a big yoga fan mm-hmm. so I've been trying to encourage yeah. my team to take care of themselves we're currently doing the September challenge in aid of um, cerebral palsy where they mm-hmm. we've each agreed to do 10,000 steps a day so that's been a challenge <laughs> working from home but we're getting there. We're nearly through the month. So that'll be interesting to see the learnings from that for the team. Yeah, only 10 days to go. Well, maybe yeah, yeah. and we're not counting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess once you've, done, once you've done that, you kind of get into the routine of it, don't you? It's, it's a good thing because it puts you into that, okay, I've got to do my going. Yeah. You know, once you're into October, you've got to keep, keep us going. 
keep it going. And I think we've had some good results. We'll be writing about that. Uh, the team have all mm. agreed to write their thoughts. So, you know, somebody, one of the team has taken up, well, she's downloaded the running app, hasn't actually started running yet. One's lost weight. Uh, for me, it's a bit about scheduling, fitting it all into your day, because it's actually quite yes. hard to fit 10,000 steps in if you don't go out the mm. front door and get moving. So, yeah. Exactly. And that was, you know, that's what I found, you know, is that I used to uh, walk to the bus stop, you know, walk, I get off the bus a few stops earlier just to maximise the walk from there to the office. You know, I'd walk from Neutral Bay down to North Sydney. So now you've actually got to, you, you, you could make it happen quite easily without having to think too hard about it. Now you've got to actually make, you've got to plan and make, make sure you do get your 10,000 in. Yeah, you got to schedule it, got to schedule yeah. your time out. So, yeah. yeah. And I saw on your LinkedIn profile that the team have been, we're doing a lot around Are uh, You OK Day, which is great. You know, how does that talk to the broader picture of? As you know, we're, we're an association. We wouldn't normally have ventured near this topic, but we realised after a couple of webinars with some of our senior leadership team, who've been under pressure all year, we felt that there were cracks showing. So we decided to make a focus on running a couple of workshops and just getting people talking. We had an incredible day on Are You OK Day where the whole team just down tools and phoned all of our members and suppliers and left voicemails and just said, hey, we're just checking in. Are you OK? And we got some incredible responses for, back from that. And again, in our relationship building, it's so important to, to be real. And there's been a lot of talk this year about being authentic, but that day really mm. taught me that it's okay to say, and we've had a lot of people reach out and said, look, I really appreciated that phone call. Yeah, actually, it made me talk to somebody else. So the ripple effect of supporting, you know, each and every one of us has been very, very important to us. And we're continuing with some workshops in yeah. Mental Health Month in October. Because nobody's escaped this year, Steve. We've all no. been under the pump, even, you know, the silver linings and the businesses that are doing well, and we'll talk about those. Mm. They're only doing well because the leaders have had their foot on the accelerator all year. So the other question is, you know, well, so who, who's looking after the leaders? You know, who's making sure the, lead, the leaders are OK? Yeah, and I think that's where we felt as a, the peak body, the Association for Direct Selling. Mm. That's why we felt it was important. We didn't see anybody else doing that. So it was important for us to do that. 100%. And so looking at the association and the, you know, the direct selling, you know, business model, when you, and we've worked together, so I understand the business model very well. And it's built on these, you know, super strong person to person relationships. They're built up over time. You know, there's a strong in-home component to that party planning, etc. So when you kind of, when COVID kind of broke and, you know, we were thinking of you guys and, and your members and what are you guys are going, because it might be tough. How's it gone? If you'd asked me that a few months ago, I'd have given you a different answer. When we moved into COVID, we really felt both as a board and association that there's an analogy about, you know, what do you do when the house is burning down? And we felt like our house, our channel was burning down. What we hadn't realised was, yeah, things around us were burning down, but we weren't inside the house. We were actually outside. Over a period of time, weeks and months, we realised that the channel, it was an opportunity for the channel. As retail closed, people turned to the internet and went, oh, wow, mm. need to be ready for those online sales. We've seen incredible growth. We've seen incredible uh, direct sellers learning new tools, new tricks of the trade that we've been talking about for four or five years. And maybe people could yeah. have criticized us as being slow to adapt. But Oh, my goodness, we've supercharged adaption now. We've disrupted ourselves. It's been an incredible journey. So give me some of those examples, because I love to hear the way, you know, that people just responded to the challenge that, yes, you know, retail was 
retail was struggling, bricks and mortar retail was struggling because it was locked down for, for many weeks. It sounded like a pretty rapid response from your members, but maybe just walk me through that. Well, there was a couple of things that happened. Obviously, our business model is network marketing and party plan. And obviously, uh, for a period of time, quite short, but party plan just closed because obviously everybody was stopped from going to people's homes. You couldn't go mm. inside. So we had to very, or our members had to very quickly provide a digital platform and training to do virtual parties. Now, some were doing yeah. it through Facebook. I think there were some Facebook lives yeah. and parties, but we really embraced Zoom and Teams where you can meet somebody like you and I are doing now. We're talking face-to-face, even though we're four hours away from each other. Mm-hmm. And teaching um, the direct sellers that technology of how to sell mm-hmm. and then giving them the platforms, the payment mechanisms, um, because we had the platforms, but you've got yeah. to then authenticate the sale, make sure the sale goes through to the member's yes. website. You need the digital yeah. assets as opposed to the physical assets. Mm-hmm. So all of that was perhaps in the background, but it wasn't brought together. And so the member companies had to put that together so that they could set their direct sellers up for success to sell online, predominantly still in people's homes, still in people's lounge rooms, but just in a different way. How did they make that happen so quickly? I mean, it doesn't sound like they were taking long to get this turned around, is that? I think working 24-7. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they, in all fairness, yeah. they probably had the assets, but they weren't all linked together. So okay. obviously there was payment systems. You go into somebody's home yeah. and you can take a payment, but they had to link, that, link it through the technology using PayPal and PayRight and all of these other technologies. They had to bring them together. So a bit of back-end internet, they, they had the digital assets because a lot of them have been using social media, but they weren't using them to sell from. So they had to get good photography, you know, all that graphic side had to be up to speed because that was now what they were selling from. Predominantly, first of all, we'd, we'd got some pushback over the years about the sellers wanting to do it in the traditional way. So it was bringing mm-hmm. them on the journey of, well, you have yeah. no other way. You know, the front door is now closed. You can't go and have your coffee meetings on network marketing. You're going to have to meet people virtually. So we had to train them on how to do that successfully, you know, semi-professionally, because you don't want to be too professional, but you don't mm. want to be too familiar. Mm. And, and then bring together the back end in order to make, to facilitate those sales. I mean, the other thing, Steve, is we were in an incredible, we were lucky, not lucky, but the, the channel was set for success because of our product differentiation. We have products that, you know, in the yes. last six months have been in high demand, high need, yes. Yes. and people haven't been able to get them from alternate channels. That's right. Yes. Give me something more examples. Yeah. I, I, know what you, I know what you're alluding to yeah. here. But... So, you know, we, we were lucky we're in health and wellness. You know, over yeah. 50% of our membership, as you know from the data, are in health and wellness. You know, we do have some incredible product portfolios. Mm. We as an association were very uh, strict and went out, as our corporates did, not to make any COVID claims, to make sure people really understood and complied with legislation that we weren't making any claims. So that was another training thing that we very quickly had to make sure every direct seller didn't overstep the mark. And they didn't. They were incredible. They rose to that challenge. But there was a demand for products that increase your immune system, that make you feel better. There was a demand for cleaning products. We have some incredible environmental cleaning products. There was, there was a demand for shampoo. There was a demand for makeup because we none of us could go into Sephora anymore and we still needed yeah. to buy lipstick. For me personally, there was still a demand to buy clothes online, to so buy them from a direct seller. 
buy yeah. underwear, buy homewares. Right. It was, you didn't stop your shopping fix just because you were working from home. You just went online at night and went, oh, what can I buy tonight? You know, <laughs> I've become different... best friends with my courier now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different, it's a different shopping fix. It's still a shopping fix, but it's the things you were buying before weren't the same things you need today. I mean, how many, you know, how many work outfits do you need and do you now need? You know, it's different. It's, it's investing in that maybe in more running gear or yeah we had a few desk hacks you know a lipstick on your desk and a nice scarf so that when you were on a professional you could throw that over the running gear so <laughs> we, we learned a few tricks of the trade as we went along exactly and i'm glad to hear that they were responsible as well that they weren't selling those uh, cleaning products for human consumption <laughs> yeah no we didn't go down that route <laughs> no, not, a good, not a good place to go uh, but you're absolutely right that there was already demand for that health and wellness category so you were in the right place at the right time and I think it just sounded like you just then needed to connect the digital touch points together, you know, to make it all happen. A lot to do there, but it sounds like, you know, you made a huge amount of progress in, a, in yeah. an incredibly short space of time. And that's what's always just astonished me in all of these conversations I've been having is that these kind of heroic efforts. I'm sure there some, must be some mishaps along the way. It's not all smooth, plain sailing, um, but we get to where we want to get to and every, everybody everybody pulls together to to get there which is astonishing mm. but i guess that kind of also obviously you know it's, it's not plain sailing there must have been some challenges along the way what were the issues what were the hurdles well as with anything you know there's always the minute i, I always say a, a really old um mentor of mine used to say you know on a motorway that the lights are never all on green and you know you think oh great i'm off oh no amber red you know we had supply chain massive yeah. supply chain issues out of stocks and everybody said well that's a great problem to have but when you're dealing with a direct selling network who are selling to their friends you want to ensure that they don't lose credibility with their friends if they order something and then you can't get it so the whole dynamic of that is very important in our business so we had supply chain issues and then of course the victorian outbreak some of our businesses you know they're owned and operated by australian businesses iconic yes. families in victoria had to close again learn the new rules put in the covid safe plans for warehousing we had some incredible supplier members who helped us with warehousing because the actual company's warehouses were closed, but yeah. the third-party logistics were considered in Australia, not New Zealand, were considered essential. So we were able mm. to move product from warehouses into third-party and mm. continue to operate. So at every, every stage along the way, there's been a different hurdle to face. Uh, and we manage New Zealand as well. And obviously mm -hmm. there were severe lockdowns in New Zealand. And that brought with it a whole different uh, set of rules and, yes. and challenges over there. So it's been constant every week with a different challenge for a different member because of our wide demographic. There is that pressure just generally on the, the last mile supply chain because it's not just your members that are putting pressure on, on those delivery companies, but it's everybody. You know, it's Amazon, it's every retailer that's now trying to pivot to online. They're all competing. Steve, it's interesting you talk about that because I live, as I say, very regional, very rural, and yeah. my delivery supply chain has improved. Mm. Now, I don't know why that is. Everything comes via courier here. We don't really get Australia Post. So I haven't, you know, that's, mm. but I haven't heard any complaints about that. We've been, our members have been very open with their customers and consultants saying there will be a delay. And everybody's like, right, yeah, sure. As long as I get it, I'm fine with that. And so I think it's managing customers' expectations. Exactly. 
you know, ensuring they know there's going to be delay. People know there's going to be a delay. And then um, you're not promising something, you know, in two or three days. You might say it's now going to take up to seven, but it only takes five. Yeah. People are happy. Um, so yeah. it, that's probably one, one issue we haven't really, or I haven't had to contend with this year. But, um, yeah, I'll hold my breath on that one just in case. No, but you're right, it's about the expectations. And certainly in the, yeah. you know, the first phase of the pandemic, I think customers were generally very forgiving uh in in most kind of customer service examples that i know of but equally i think you know and, and it's partly down to expectations but i think also you know the bars kind of start to rise a bit more now because we are we are going at it this full pelt and customers going brilliant you know these companies they can get these things to me they can maintain supply and and so on so i wonder whether you know, if the customers' expectations have now kind of gone up a level or two, it's just making it that much harder to maintain and deliver to that. And particularly if we get another, you know, lockdown or two over the next few months before we get out of this crisis. I think the minute, you know, and unfortunately, we're all guilty of this, you order something and you get it within two days, and now you expect everybody else, it might be 1% who's doing that or 1% who's offering you the most incredible experience. So mm. I think as leaders, it's important for all of us to be looking around at the the game-changing ideas and go, well, how can we rise to that? Certainly, you know, I've had experience of that, ordering something for a girlfriend in lockdown in Melbourne. It took... 12 days to get a food delivery to her and I was like you know what cancel it I don't want that that's not mm. on and so for me I, I definitely think you're right Steve I think there's now a level of expectation but again it's time to communicating if you tell them this takes a week sure. you're gonna go okay when I order that it takes a week but people will expect improved customer service they'll impact and expect a much better digital experience as we now that becomes normal um, we probably can't get away with some of the hybrid stuff we did through the pandemic. And now it's about fine tuning that digital experience to make sure that it's a world class experience because yeah. everybody's going to be doing it now. That's right. And it's those one percenters who set the bar. And you might not quite get to that level, but you should be striving for that because, you know, that's what, you know, if once you've had that experience as a customer, yes. you kind of expect, can we all do that or get close yeah. to it? Yeah. Um, and that kind of sort of, you know, obviously that, those one percenters are not just in Australia, they're in other parts of the world. And, you know, you, which kind of leads me to think about, you know, how your counterparts, um, other direct selling organisations that you have good relationships with in other parts of the world, how are they managing? Because the, the experience around this around the world has been very different. It has been very different. We, we and I think one of, again, another silver lining for us, and I'm very much about the glass half full, has been bringing us closer as a direct selling community to our counterparts worldwide, global mm. calls. Um, I now reach out to Joe Mariano, who's our, the executive director of the DSA in the US, and learning from each other globally. We probably haven't done as well of in the past, but now between us, we're bringing up together ideas from direct sellers, big companies in the US to We've had global CEOs who run global multi-billion dollar businesses on webinars for our CEOs. Like, wow, that wow. didn't happen six months no. ago. And, and the sharing of that knowledge of, and the learnings. And nobody, everybody knows they haven't got it right yet, but it's that sharing of knowledge. And Joe would tell you that, yeah, the US is, I mean, they're having it tough still. Mm. And they're, you know, I think a long way behind Australia of coming out of this. But a very similar experience of uh, companies pivoting, getting, you know, the listening to the customer, providing that service. And um, as an industry globally, I'm sure we'll see the end of uh, 2020 that our industry has grown overall. 
it's not growing evenly. There are certain areas that have got more growth than than others, but really seeing quite you know very significant growth. So, so you know, I think I think it's reassuring to hear that that your counterparts in the US are faring up pretty well because they've had it a lot tougher. And I kind of start to look at this, and you know, you think about well, you know, how much of this is is here to stay. You know, what's how likely is it? We'll just kind of this is all a bad dream, and we'll just you know flip back into the way things were. You know, is, is is this a permanent shift? Yes, I think it is. And I think there'll be some of, if you want to call it the old way, but I think it'll be the old way and a new way come back. I think for us, four years ago, I ran a conference called Disruption. And one of our global CEOs then, if you don't said, if you don't disrupt yourself, you'll get disrupted. And we were talking about Uber at the time mm. in the taxi industry. And this is the disruption that our channel needed for it to be sustainable for the next 50 years. Yes. And it will change. It won't go back to the new normal. Many, many people will not want to go into other people's homes for months, weeks, years to come. I was talking recently to Adrian Ryan. He owns Lorraine Lee, one of our businesses down in Melbourne. He also sits on our board. But he, he said to me that they're encouraging their home stylists to master the new digital format for events because the COVID environment has brought them strong growth and opportunities in the business with the digital assets I was talking about. Yeah. But it's now an additional skill which will stand yeah. them as business owners in a strong position to provide amazing omni-channel experience for the customer. It's meeting the needs of their customers because the customers now will say, oh, can I do a Zoom instead of a home-to-home because -home? I don't have to clean my house yeah. Yeah. or I don't have much time, but I can get six or eight girlfriends online. And our network marketing side of the business means you don't have to go to coffee shops, which for now, we're not doing that. They can meet mm. people online. So we're really trying to get people to embrace the two and have them as new tools rather than forget one and go back to the old. Because the old, a lot of us won't do it that way anymore. That's right. So you're blending. I, I love that kind of it's the blend mm. of the old, the, the, the best of the old and the best of the new and blending that together. You know, as you said, you can do that in a kind of informal you know, let's just do it in impulsive, I should say, rather than informal, but impulsive. Let's do this now. Let's all jump on a on a call together yeah. to talk this through. Even more important, Steve, that is the the progression of our business opportunity. You know, we've often said that direct selling was the original side gig or side hustle. But a lot, mm. of the, a lot of the younger people saw it as stayed and, you know, didn't really, you know, we've run many a seminar on how to track millennials. But with the new digital assets that um, members have designed, We've got younger people coming in and going, yeah, I just want to do you know, a bit of direct selling. I'll do it alongside my other three jobs. But because now they can do it through a virtual platform, we are attracting new people into running their own entrepreneurial direct selling business. And I think that's what's even more exciting is we're getting new blood. And that's great because when we did that piece of work for you last year, you know, we talked about this you know, amazing journey that, that sellers often go on and they kind of reach this this peak in that journey and then it sometimes it just starts to drop off and we were talking about these groups mm. of sellers you know who we were they, they were losing the the love of the industry you know they were becoming less engaged this sounds to me like this is a great opportunity to re-engage some of those people as well as the people who are kind of at the earlier stage of the journey but get those bring them back in you know yeah. breathe you know breathing you fire back into those people as well. Well, they've had to learn so much new this year, and now suddenly they can offer the opportunity to anybody anywhere, I mean, across Australia, and many, many of our members run global platforms. So mm -hmm. it's it's a game changer. 
Yes, that's right. It is, and, and there is an opportunity to learn globally. You know what works there may well work over here now because digital yes. is such a level playing makes it such a level playing field. Yeah, there could be some cultural nuances in terms of that, but it, but it's fundamentally if you can make it work there, there's a there's a strong chance you can figure it out how you how you can make it happen. It's not that the tools are only available in one country but not another. Well, maybe. TikTok and WeChat closing down in America is going to be, you know, probably the next challenge for the global industry for us because it's a platform used, you know, by many of our yeah. people, particularly through Asia. So it's not over yet <laughs> this year. Yeah. yeah, and that's the obvious one. But I mean, I was even talking, I'm, I'm doing a piece of work at the moment on communication platforms and how organizations are adopting these cloud-based communication platforms. And funnily enough, the guy who's helping to recruit people into this project and he actually uses one of these platform providers and you go, it's, it's great for Australia, but they don't, the platform, you can't, they don't have it in New Zealand. And I have customers in New Zealand. So I've now got to talk to somebody else who can then adapt this and make it work in New Zealand. So it's definitely not, it works everywhere. No, it's that's still, so it's true. Still, still very yeah. uneven. And, so they, yeah. you know, they, and, the, and the tech isn't, you know, the tech isn't necessarily the savior here. It's a wonderful enabler. But a lot of this tech isn't new, Gillian. It's it was around pre-COVID, and you you said earlier in the conversation that you know we just weren't using it. So, you know, what was holding us back? For us, it was it was fear. You know, we've always done it one way: fear of the field, and that's no disrespect to the field. But when you've got a large field force, we have you know over four hundred thousand independent contractors connected to our members. You've got to bring them all on a journey, and that can take some time. So I think that's what held a lot of us back. But COVID, there was no choice. The direct sellers wanted us to go on the journey and they wanted us to do it overnight. I think it was just trying to be respectful of all the entrepreneurs out there and wanting to ensure that mm. we met the needs of everybody. And in any change, you can't do that. But in mm. this one, it's been a forced change that nobody's objected to. So, <laughs> so and everybody wanted to keep the doors of their you know side hustle and their main gig open. So yeah, it's been important. That's exactly right. No, no, it's a, it's a, it was a complete leveller and you, you all had to do it. And previously, as you said, you kind of go, well, you know, we need to keep that, you know, that 20%, 30%. We need to keep them on side so we can't go too fast on this. And they've got to go, not fast, you've got to, you know, go at the speed yeah. of light. <laughs> Absolutely. But it does beg the question about, you know, in the long term, you know, do we, are we missing something here? You know, if by not having these physical meetings, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm sure we're all hoping that, physical meetings will come back and mm. maybe, maybe we'll get um, maybe you know we'll get a blend of the two and I'm at risk of answering my own question here but I'm thinking you know can video really replace physical meetings you know no no yeah. I read an article recently and it really resonated with me and that's perhaps indicative of the way I'm working with my team and my board but also in in the wider industry but you can do a lot of the day-to-day -day stuff virtually and you know through teams but when it comes to the creative side of what we do do and the collaborative side I think yeah we me and my team need to be in you know in a meeting room together and you know be able to bounce ideas it's very hard to bounce ideas off on zoom and only one person can speak at one time mm. so we've we've now got a structure for the next three months as we're working on some big strategic programs for next yeah. year is getting together and you know banning email for a day and that's it we'll just come in and we'll do all this creative stuff and then we'll go back to zoom so mm. we're sort of trying to find a blend. We're lucky. Um, we have an office where it is COVID safe. We can go in. You know, we're choosing not to, to keep the staff as safe as possible. 
But and we've just planned a strategic, you know, meeting with some of our members where we're going to get ten marketers together because they're much better in a room working mm. on a collaborative mm. project. So I think there will be a blend. It'll be a hybrid, a blend, whatever you like to call it. And I think that's where we're going to get the best out of our workforce, our entrepreneurs, because many, many of our direct sellers have. have I don't underestimate how amazing they've been, but they miss the part. They miss the face to face. We all do. We miss that contact, mm. Mm. and it's. You know, it is the backbone of our industry and it will come back. It did come back in that little window of time. Certainly in WA, it's a whole different story. Is it? You know, I heard just the other day, we've got different challenges in WA that I've only just become aware of is mm-hmm. they're, they're running a pretty normal life over there. But people don't want to go back to face to face because they're so busy going out to cafes and restaurants <laughs> now they've been allowed out. They actually don't want to come together because they're all going out. So we've now got a new challenge of how do we get people together on a Zoom? They're mm. going, no, 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 I'm going out. I'm allowed out. So that'll be the next phase for us is how do you connect with people? We're going to have to do something a little bit different when we all get let out of ISO. Those days when you look at your calendar and it's like wall-to-wall Zoom calls, I don't relish those days. <laughs> yeah, no, me neither. I had to kind of get myself really prepared. Early start, I've got to feel super fresh. You know, but they're not they're not days you look for. I know Walt is that different to having a day of wall to wall physical meetings, you know, but it still feels, you know, it's in a digital environment and you just literally go bam one one to the next. It's yeah, it's that's when you want the dog to come on Zoom, don't you, or the child to run across the screen. The You're one. dying for those moments. <laughs> oh, make it human, please. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but certainly, you know, a lot of this is gonna, you know, it's gonna change things fundamentally. And there was a lovely quote that from Jay Rayner, who's the Guardian's food critic, and he was talking about restaurants, but he was the point he makes applies to everything. And he said, you know, it's COVID 19s not some mere blip, it's not just a stretch of rough road before a return to the smooth. It's a you know, it's a once in a century event akin to a world war which changes things permanently. And that's how we have to look at it. You know, it's just not this little stretch of rough road. We're not going back to the smooth. It'll be a different kind of smooth, but it's not the same bit of road we were on before. Absolutely. Really good quote. What else are your members doing in terms of their business models and so on? Are there there any particular examples you'd like to to call out? Any campaigns that you're running at the moment? Great stuff going on. People can see our members on our website, directselling.org.au. But we're running a bit of a campaign through our membership called It's All Next Door. We're trying to focus on the buy local that started in the bushfires of supporting you know um supporting your local community direct seller he or her may be selling health and wellness she may be selling towels she may be selling clothes or whatever cleaning products um being careful not to miss anybody out but someday i will i'm sorry you know looking locally and trying to find a local direct seller and you know So you keep it in the community because in fueling that local entrepreneur in your community, you're helping her run a small or him a small business from home. You're putting money back into your local community because it means that that money is spent locally because they're earning money locally. So very much a focus on it's all next door. And we sell a good range of products between our members. So there is an opportunity. You do have to seek it out. We don't yet have a, a directory of where those people are. But, mm-hmm. you know, a quick call to the company or you go onto the comp- their, one of our company's websites and put in your postcode and immediately online you'll be connected to the most local person. That's something we're really encouraging. And it started with the bushfires, if, you know, yep. supporting yep. your local community, keep the money local. Yeah, it's all next door. It's a great, it's it's a great campaign. Door. It's a lovely tagline. 
send us some details around that, Jill. We make I sure will. to put that in the uh, in the show notes for the um, for the pod as well, so people can uh, can, yeah. can look that up. It's, it's it's a really good campaign. We're not out of the woods yet. Hard to think of the future and when we might you know have some relief here. But you know, <laughs> apart from a, a vaccine or a cure, which might help us get there, what else are you? What are your hopes for the future? I've got a couple of things. I mean, we started off uh, about this time last year, we had a brainstorming session on what our year's conference theme was going to be for 2020. And little did we know we stumbled on right here, right now. Mm. We had no idea how, how that, um, and whilst we didn't run our conference, for me, it's been an incredible anchor this year. You've just got to do the right thing to do right here and right now. I privilegedly met uh, Shane Fitzsimmons early in the year and mm. he just said, back yourself, back your team and make decisions. And those are the three things that I've been doing and will continue to do this year. And you have to just know that when you make some good decisions, they may be good today, but they may be wrong tomorrow because the environment changes. So I think where we're at right now, for me, it's planning for 2021. It's incredibly difficult because we have no idea. But mm. in some ways, it's easier than 2020 because 2020 just changed every day. Mm-hmm. I feel there is a new normal. We'll be running hybrid events. Mm-hmm. We've you know, put together platforms for our members of member webinars, CEO forums, global conferences, that now will become part of our strategic planning for next year. So it's, again, a new new way of supporting members. But I think for me, I heard Michelle Obama speak um, on radio the other day. And for me, it's been about how did you meet this moment in time as a leader? She was referring to the US president. But For me, it was really inspirational of how have we met this moment? Because in the years to come, when we go down this new road, it's how did I respond this year? How did I as a leader step up and help my community, my corporates, my members? And that for me is what's keeping me for the end of the year very focused on planning for 2021, on how can we help them face these ongoing challenges? Because they will now, you have to just get, there will be a hurdle every day, every week, every month. And what can we do as an association to support them to keep their businesses growing, which keeps the entrepreneurs' businesses yeah. growing? Yeah. So you really have to stay completely on top of your game. You know, don't don't procrastinate. Yeah. You know, don't dither. Make decisions. Try to make yeah. the best decisions. But it's better than making no, you know, the wrong decision often is better than making no decision at all. I totally agree. I have a great girlfriend in the UK who says to me, there's no such thing as a wrong decision. Mm. Mm, exactly. You've got to keep things moving and then be prepared yes. to say, I'm sorry, team, I think I got that wrong. Let's try this. And <laughs> because that's what happens. And I think it's being, you know, owning it and saying, I made a mistake, but you know, I made the best decision at the time. But what's yeah. the best decision now? That's right. And are you gonna take a break in all of this, Jill? You can't, you know, we can't get overseas, <gasps> we can't see people. I am actually. I am actually taking my first three days off next week. I'm going to walk the South Coast Trail down here on the beautiful coast, try and find out about, about my local area, which I haven't done yeah. much of. Part of the three-day trip uh, with the company where it's an assisted walk, so they carry the food and the wine, and I just have to walk. And we're not allowed to carry our phones, and I'm doing it with a group of girlfriends. So I'm trying to practice what I preach, lead by example of, you know, yes. minding myself. Yes. And I've got a couple of marathon events lined up for the end of the year that haven't been cancelled yet. Oh, yeah. So hopefully I'll get my marathon in this year, but we'll see. I'm still training. I'm still running for that, but we'll see. Which uh, which marathon's that one? It's called the Coastal Classic. So it's all running. It's 30 k's through Royal National Park. Mm. So um, it's pretty incredible vistas, but we'll see. 
We'll there's, a few hill, there's a few hills in that one oh, as well to get over. Oh, there's lots of hills in that one. Metaphorical yeah. and literal hills ahead. Yeah, but there's a pub <laughs> at the end in Bandina, so that's all you need. Oh, that's what we're all hoping for then. That's the answer to my question. What yeah. are you hoping for? It's the pub at the end of the hill. The pub at the end of the hill. <laughs> it's that glass of wine at the end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'll let Jill, it's been a pleasure to have you on the pod. We could, we could keep going on, but um, uh, you know, conscious of your time, I really appreciate your time today. It's been lovely chatting. Uh, Steve, I really thank you. And, you know, I'm wishing you well. I know you're suffering with some back problems at the moment, but you know what? You've got to stay well, stay safe. And lead by example, get up and move around yes. a bit more. I so. need to. I'm keeping, uh, that's right. I need to do my uh, my beach walk, even if I can just walk to the end to my beach and stretch the legs a little bit better than sitting down all day. Absolutely. Thanks, Steve. All right, Jill, keep moving. Thanks for listening to Conversations in Isolation. For more up-to-date information, visit fifthquadrant.com.au.